me. <laughs> Arnold. Liar. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, well, it's me. It's Matt. <laughs> In case you couldn't tell. Um, I'm talking like Arnold Schwarzenegger because me and Trinko watched Total Recall. Total Recall. Total Recall. 1990 classic. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I love old Arnie movies, man. Oh, man. Arnie is amazing. They're just the best. So much fun. Yeah. And like I had far more fun watching this than I thought I was going to. I haven't seen this in a long time. And uh, mm. yeah, I, I remember like a message you today just being like, this is so much better than I remember. Yeah. I Because I, I'm the same. I haven't seen it in, in ages. Um, and I it's like it was a lot deeper than I remember it being. Yeah. You know, like there was a lot more thought put into it than I remember. I think like, because it's been so long, I wonder if like, because it's like, it's such a, you know, it's an action sci-fi. Mm. There's like so much action all the time. Yeah. And I just wonder if like, if you're not really paying attention or you're just like, you know, maybe we're, we were just a bit younger or something like that. You just sort of take all that as like, that's it. That like, that's the depth. It's just like a, you know, crazy violent action film. But yeah. Yeah, watching it again, like, and paying attention, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's a, it's a Philip K. Dick like story. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. it's it's based on. Um, uh, was it a short story by Philip K. Dick? Uh, something like that. I can't. I don't know enough about the actual story. I just yeah, know it's him. But um, but I would, you know, if anyone ever said to me that, like, you know, one day Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to star in a Philip K. Dick <laughs> <laughs> story. Um, but man, I'm glad he did because I got to say this is like definitely one of like the. the like one of the best Arnie films out there for sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly from that era of, of Arnie films. Yeah. Well, particularly also because he's not the obvious, you know, sort of, you know, macho hero that he normally is. Like, yeah. he's still like enormous. He's still enormous because he's Arnie, but he's not like the, you know, Conan the Barbarian or like totally, you know, yeah. Predator. Like, you know, like he's not in control. Yeah. 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 Um, I yeah. know what you mean. I think that was, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was way like it's way better than the fucking remake they did in like 2012, I think. Yeah, this this is my rule. And I can't remember if I said this the other week when we did replicas. But yeah. My rule is no one should ever remake any film that stars either Keanu Reeves or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, 100%. You just can't No. Nah. Can't do it. They are the film. Like you put one of them in the film, they become the film. Yeah. 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 And it's not because they're excellent character actors or leading men or anything like that. It's no. just because of like who they are as people. I don't yeah. know why. They just have something that like works. Yeah. Like you couldn't imagine um like a commando movie without Arnie. You yeah. Know? This wouldn't work. Well, I mean, like we've seen and like, you know, as you said, like they 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 did remake Total Recall and it was mm. like, eh. And they remade Point Break. And yeah. it was like, eh. Yeah. Like, just yep. Yeah, rubbish. My my theory is has been proven. Yeah, fucking rubbish. Stop doing it. Uh, what's the synopsis for Total Recall? Total uh, Recall. Total Recall. <laughs> There's gonna be so much of that throughout this episode. Oh, one hundred. I'm gonna do so many Arnie impersonations. Oh, I apologize in advance. I don't. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it. I'm not even gonna say things. I'm just gonna do that Arnold sound that he does, where he just goes, Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's my fucking favorite. <laughs> God, you this, this movie was full of so much of that as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Even just like one scene where he just gets out of the way of like that malfunctioning taxi, and he just goes, yeah. <laughs> I actually rewound it to watch it. <laughs> Just to make sure I actually heard that right, and my brain didn't just put that in there. Oh man, it's so good. Um, but anyway, for those who uh, haven't seen Total Recall or who haven't seen it for a long time, uh, let me refresh your memories. Douglas Quaid, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, tries to find the reason behind his recurring dream about Mars. 
he soon learns that a false memory has been planted into his brain and the people responsible for this want him dead. Now, if that doesn't grab you, perhaps this review for a friend will. <laughs> uh, I found this, this is by Janet Maslin from the New York Times, and I just thought this like this was like a good summation of, of the film. Summation of word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Let's right. roll with it. All right, yeah. <laughs> We're coining it. Um, all right, uh, $50 million worth of exploding glass, blazing bullets, ear-splitting noises, and sometimes clever, sometimes gut-wrenching special effects say that Mr. Schwarzenegger is no figment of anyone's imagination except possibly his own. <laughs> Spooky! <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say something about the special effects. I, um, like, they were pretty, they're not bad. I love the special effects. Yeah, in these like in this sort of era of filmmaking before CGI. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just think there's, uh, you know, it's a different argument. Like if you if you come into that sort of argument being like, yeah, but it doesn't look real. It's so fake. But it's like you're missing the point. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's like a there's like a, a there's a beauty about like the puppeteers and like the you know the the physical like special effects makeup and all that stuff that like the latex masks. Yeah, there's yeah. just something about that that's just like. Amazing, and in some instances, I dare say, like even more, is like terrifying and yeah, totally, and real, yeah, like quote unquote real, yeah, um, yeah. And no, the, I yeah. dig it, and there's plenty of that in this. Oh, in this yeah, film. so much, mm. so many times, and you can clearly see when Arnold's face just turns to like a plastic version of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. One thing I did notice actually was every time that there was like a, a blatant like latex mask or a puppet or something like that going on, was the giveaway was like their eyes. Like their eyelids sort of like became really bulgy and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, which like you know it's fine, but it was just I, I even as a like a kid watching this movie, I was always like, why why are their eyelids all different for like yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Uh, <laughs> very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's get down to it. Eh? Mm, let's do it. Um, well, so we open on Mars where Douglas, uh, uh, Douglas Quaid, Doug uh, Quaid, Doug Quaid. I'm just gonna flip between the two. <laughs> yeah. Doug and a woman are exploring uh, Mars in spacesuits, uh, and you know they hold hands and things like that. And then suddenly, Doug slips off a sharp hill, smashes his helmet open, and begins to graphically decompress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his eyes like pop out of his head and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's gnarly. We've just dived straight into like the latex mask special effects. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Actually, can I also say that I I think that the soundtrack. Or like the theme song at the beginning of this movie is fucking so good. Oh, I actually, I, I literally just watched it today and I've already forgotten it. But you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Like in in terms of um in terms of of soundtracks for that time, like I think a lot of them went to corny. Mm. This felt like a really nice balance between being cinematically appropriate and just being a good song. Right. I just don't find that with a lot of um. Of movies from that era. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you tend to find that, like, you go back and watch it and they've just dated horribly. Mm, mm. Or, yeah, for some reason you're like, this is so cheesy. Like, why did yeah. no one notice this at the time? Yeah, 100%. Um, oh, okay. Well, I have to... I mean, I'm sure I'm going to watch this again at some point. Anyway. I'll just pay attention to it then. <laughs> That'd be criminal not to. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's expanding. And then he wakes up in a fright. It was all a dream, and he's consoled by his wife, Laurie Quaid, played by Sharon Stone. Mm -hmm. um, so the dream is a recurring nightmare that uh, Quaid's been having, but uh, Laurie, and Laurie knows about it, but she's also jealous of this mystery woman that, like, you know, he, they've obviously had discussions about the dream before. 
But anyway, so, um, you know, they, we go to breakfast, there's a news report, and we learn that there's like, um, so Mars is occupied, um, there's like a, you know, a, a thing of like people living there, there's like mining operations and stuff going on, um, but there's like violence that exists on Mars, so between like the, the government that's there, I guess, and like the, um, the, and I think they're called like the rebels. Yeah. Always um, the rebels. The rebels, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. So sorry. The uh, yeah, the the governor of uh, the governor of Mars, I guess. I don't know. Like of this little sort of civilization that's like started there. Yeah, I think they call him the administrator. It's uh, Cohagen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is is the the governor guy or well, the administrator mm-hmm. uh, played by Ronnie Cox? But yeah, so um, you know, Doug, Doug's trying to like pay attention to the news. Laurie's pretty. Uh, set on just like distracting him about anything about Mars and this sort of is like a bit of a recurring theme for a while at the start we notice everyone keeps like trying to divert his attention away from things um, and uh, you know it's just a holiday um, but anyway so Doug heads off to work uh, we see uh, we, we get set up by an x-ray checkpoint uh, before getting onto a train which will come into play a bit later on on the train, he sees a commercial for uh, Recall Incorporated, which is a company that provides customers with fake memories so they can live out fantasies. Mm. So Doug, uh, who is working in construction, uh, where apparently everyone just uses a jackhammer. Yeah. I don't know if you know <laughs> that. Every single yeah. person had a jackhammer, yeah. plus the machine behind them that was also a jackhammer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's just a really There's big jackhammer. pulverizing rocks in this place, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is to it. These are the jobs of the future in 2048. <laughs> yeah. Make these big rocks into little rocks. <laughs> um, so, But uh, yeah, Doug gets advised by a co-worker not to go to recall because a friend of his had a bad experience and was yeah. lobotomized. He's like a real re- um, New York guy as well. Like, oh, oh, recall, recall. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, forget about yeah. it. But uh, anyway, after being advised by this co-worker whose opinion he asked for, who then said, don't go, Doug immediately goes to recall uh, and inquires about a memory um, from Mars. Um, and it's like a two-week package. That's a luxurious fantasy. And um, uh, it's basically like the new tourism sort of thing. And the, the, the guy who's like the salesman is basically trying to uh, upsell Doug into getting... Uh, changing his like persona, um, uh, which is where Doug inquires about, you know, a secret agent mm. sort of persona for for his fantasy. So he, you know, he goes ahead with that. Uh, he gets strapped into this, you know, big fancy sci-fi machine, and during the procedure, they make him customize a woman, which like he then customizes to look like the woman from the dreams he's been having, the recurring dream. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, like in all good sci-fi films. Even though it's set in the future where we have advanced technology, no technology ever works. Oh, and yeah. there's a problem. Yeah. Um, something happens and Doug wakes up in a rage and he, he, um, he you know, con- convinced that his name is not actually Douglas Quaid and that his cover has been blown. So they're like, oh, you know, he's, he's taken on the fantasy thing of being a secret agent. Yeah, he's like, you blew my cover. Oh, yeah. And then just, ah! <laughs> get off me. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Uh, future governor. Um, and uh, they uh, anyway, they restrain him. They knock him out. And, and yeah, the salesman's just like, you know, he's just acting out. That's like the fantasy of what. And then mm. the main doctor's like, no, we haven't actually done the implant yet. He hasn't got it in. And they're like, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Ah, oh. so they, they decide the best course of action here is just to like wipe his memory, wipe all record of him coming into the place, wipe his personnel file. And just like, just ditch him and just pretend that like he never came here and there's like nothing ever happened and then sort of wash their hands of it mm-hmm. um which you know they they do and doug wakes up uh in the backseat of a fucking johnny cab <laughs> <laughs> yeah which i feel like they because they're like um 
They're like self-driving cabs, right? But they've got like a dude in the front, <laughs> Johnny. Oh, no, a terrifying dude in the oh, front. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like one of those... Um, if you should die before you wake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a cross between that and like one of those, um, like the clowns at the circus that you put the balls in their mouth. Yep, yep. Uh, but just with a cab driver's hat on. It's terrifying. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's like an automated thing. And it just reminds me of like current day trying to talk to uh, like a, like an Alexa or any kind of virtual yep. assistant because yeah. it just doesn't understand anything you're trying to tell it. Oh, no, yeah. It's yeah. like, here is this like advanced, you know, technology that you can speak to. But unless you know the very specific phrases you're supposed to say to it, <laughs> yeah. it's fucking useless. Yeah. <laughs> tell me where you want to go. Just drive. <laughs> that is not an address. <laughs> it's like, man, I've had that conversation with a fucking... Oh, yeah. With an AI before. Yeah. And it never ends well. I, I can only assume that, like, it's not going to get any better. No. We're going to all be driving around in Johnny Cabs, <laughs> just going in circles because it won't understand us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he wakes up in the back of this cab and um, obviously the fucking robot has, has nothing to you know, give him, any information to give him. But uh, he, he's just like, all right, whatever, like, just drop me off somewhere. He, he runs, he gets dropped off somewhere in, like, I don't know, it's like a weird, like, mall that's, like, abandoned at night or something like that. It's sort of not really clear. But he runs into that same co-worker who was like, don't go to recall. And then him and like a bunch of toughs like accost him. Mm. And he gets taken at gunpoint. Um, and they're like, you blabbed about Mars. And like, you know, the conspiracy side of things is just kicking off here. But all of a sudden, Quaid just like violently kills all of them. Like fairly easily. And he's sort of like, there's like a kind of like a, you know, a born identity moment here. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, how did I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Like um, reflex memory. Yeah, memory, it all just sort of happens and he's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he like races home to tell his wife, you won't believe what happened to me. <laughs> um, anyway, he tries to convince her that spies uh, tried to kill him um, and that, you know, he killed a bunch of people and that sort of stuff. And, and Laurie's just like, no, like, you, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, and But she tries to calm him down. It's like, you know, just go and chill out or something like that. And uh, as he leaves the room, Laurie then calls uh, a, mis- you know, a character on on the video telephone who we later find out is called Richter mm. played by Michael Ironside off the Richter I fucking love that name <laughs> yeah. uh, off the Richter um, and the next thing we know Laurie is now trying to kill Quaid she's just shooting at him yeah they um, those fucking video calls I just find them pointless a lot of the time <laughs> oh yeah like it just feels like um, it's kind of relevant know. now I feel like that's, that's how I communicate with most people now is via video Actually, call I was, yeah no I've just had this realisation like in my head I was like that's a fucking stupid idea <laughs> but I think what I'm thinking of is when I when you first see the video phone it's in the recall office yeah and you see um, like the receptionist go on the, the phone to tell to tell the guy and like literally fucking next door he, she can see through the glass <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey uh fucking Quaid's here to see you and you see him talking to her on the video screen like that's you don't need that (laughs) you could just knock on the window and point or something it's I feel like the the like set designers and stuff or I don't know whoever's in charge of this stuff like on movie sets the people on Total Recall like went and just spoke with the people from Back to the Future 2 (laughs) and like hey like how did you guys like guess the future and they were like oh you know like everything's sort of like latex and plasticine there's like video calls everywhere (laughs) alright we'll just do that it's fine yeah like a fancier version of like the first apple computer <laughs> yeah yeah actually that that's one thing that i really like mean, i guess how how can you guess like something like that like the dimensions of screens changing but totally yeah i, I do love uh yeah films from that era so the 80s 90s how 
all the advanced technology is this fucking tiny screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. That's just that's just always really funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just seems like a... I guess it's now... Because now, like, everything is just, like, screens are constantly changing. Yeah, totally. Thanks to the good folks at Apple. <laughs> um, but, uh, God forbid, we have any sort of consistency. But, um, yeah, I guess back then it was, like, one size fits all. <laughs> yeah, CTR screen, baby. Yeah, that's, that's all it. you need. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, so Laurie's now, um, yeah, trying to kill... Uh, Quaid they end up getting there's a bit of hand-to-hand uh, combat between Laurie and, and Doug um, and this is the first scene um, where something happens that we start to see quite a bit throughout the rest of the film and I don't know why and I would love to know if this is in Philip K. Dick's original like story but Laurie punches him in the dick like a few times yeah and throughout the film he gets punched in the dick Heaps. a lot yeah and i don't know why <laughs> i feel like it was just an action movie thing right like, and then he punched him in the dick was it i, well, I don't like, i don't know is I don't someone know. i mean I, en- I i've enjoyed a, a an action film or two in my time have i got a um a skewed view of the past where i just think all the movies involve punching people in the dick <laughs> i feel like it happened all the time Really? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel oh. like it was just... Or maybe it was like, you know, like the Goonies and stuff where it's like... Wow. Getting hit in the dick is funny. No, that is funny. Yeah. But this is a very serious situation. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is a marital fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's distressing when you dick. when you put it that I, way. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe there is. I don't know. I, I love like, you know, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, all those like classic action flicks. And at no point do I really recall, like, dick shots. Oh, sorry. I, I fucked this up. <laughs> uh, I turned my speaker back on and I forgot to turn it off. And now fucking... Yeah, I got it. Um, all right. Back to, back to serious stuff. So, um, Quaid's been punched in the dick. Yeah. Um, by his wife. By his wife. Um, and like not the good kind either like, like yeah. I'm angry at you anyway uh, the fight sort of goes on uh, Quaid gets a gun to Laurie's head she confesses, confesses that she's not really his wife and she was planted by quote unquote the agency um, and that Doug uh, was an implanted memory to change his past which you know at, at this point it's everything's very fast and, and quick and sort of not really fully explained so it's very confusing but it's good because like you're in this exact same mindset as like Quaid, you're just sort of like, what the fuck is going on? Like, is this the actual recall or is it like yeah. something coming out? It's funny that you say that because I, for a long time, thought it kept it very open-ended in that you you could kind of make up your own mind in the end. Like, this is my memory of the movie before rewatching it. Yeah. But when I rewatch it, it's pretty clear cut that he that it's that it's actually happening. I mean, you could maybe argue that he that it's all recall. Uh I I disagree. Like, I I believe that like it was done in such a way that it was clever enough to like leave that option yeah because really all that you see happen is that like he goes to get like recalled recalled i don't know he goes to get the memory chip thing at recall and then the next thing you know is like he's having like a full-on episode yeah um and they sort of like leave something lingering there like oh like we haven't put the implant in but like are you like are we already in the thing and like are we already in the memory and this is just part of it or is it like no, like there's actually a conspiracy here. Yeah, see that that was the moment that I thought, oh, okay, so this is real because she says we haven't put the implant in, but he's out cold at that point, so they're really only doing that for the benefit of the viewer, right? Because Arnie's out cold again. 
they like he trank they trank him. Uh, yeah, they do trank him, mm. but like he is awake for that struggle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you mean. But you're right. Like, there is. I mean, you could still argue. You could definitely still argue that it was part of the recall thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll leave it to you to decide. <laughs> <laughs> Choose your own roadshow. <laughs> Points to microphone. <laughs> Uh yeah okay so uh Laurie is doing stuff uh oh yeah that's right sorry so so uh, at this point um the fight sort of calms down a little bit after she confesses that uh, and then basically starts to sort of flirt with him from memory I think or tries to not maybe she's not flirting with him but she's trying to like stall stall for time and she starts yeah. acting like real sort of nice or a bit more like congenial towards him uh but little do we know like uh that does Quaid know at that at that time. Richter and his and his hired goons are coming for him, um, so he makes an escape. But uh, they chase after him because you know Quaid's been lowjacked. He's got like a, a device or something in him telling him yeah. where where he is. Also, uh, you find out at this point that Richter and um, Quaid's wife, yes, are like together or fucking or something. But they they do a big kiss. It's like the grossest kiss I've ever seen. They do a big French. Yeah, it's a yeah. disgusting like, yeah. Yeah, gross villain kiss, a, big, vil- a, vinil- a villainous kiss, big villain kiss. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. I need to see more people doing villain kisses. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. So there's um, so that's that's also just sort of on the side. You got to keep in the back of your mind for a bit later on. Uh, a big chase sort of goes on throughout, just like the city, I guess it is. And uh, this is one of the funny, like it, it's horrifically violent, but it is kind of funny <laughs> the way that it plays out, where he's on the escalator. And um, people are shooting at him, and, and Quaid just put, plucks out a fucking random citizen off the elevator and just uses him as a, as a human shield. Yeah, and just absorbs like fifty rounds of bullets, yeah. <laughs> and none of them go through to Quaid. None of them go through. But every time this guy gets hit, he like convulses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he just like throws him at people. <laughs> yeah, he's collateral, baby. Oh man, collateral damage. He wasn't credited. I, I feel like he should have been. Yeah. Maybe he was human shield. <laughs> He then heads to like some sleazy looking motel room uh, where he just like all of a sudden receives a video call from a total stranger who informs him about his Blaine, uh, Blaine, his <laughs> David Blaine, <twa>. um, <laughs> informs him about his brain implant uh, that's allowing the bad guys to track him. Um, but just on that, <laughs> there's so many segues here in, in this one, yeah. but uh, and this is not exclusive to Total Recall, but any futuristic sci-fi film where there's video call. Yeah. Um, and again, this is this is fucking Back to the Future 2 as well. Video calls just start. Yeah. So like all of a sudden someone will just be in your living room or like just like they can see everything. Mm. Like yeah. that's a bit creepy. They, they hadn't ironed out the um, privacy kinks, I think, <laughs> of that one. I like my privacy to be breached the way that it currently is. <laughs> under yeah. my nose and behind yeah. my back. Thank you very much. Yeah. But yeah, I just, anyway, that was just something that I always find very amusing. Anyway, so the stranger is like uh, telling Quaid um, that they're, they're old buddies from an agency back on Mars and he has a briefcase for him. So he goes and gets the briefcase. He steals a, a Johnny cab <laughs> and then <laughs> fucks off. Um, he gets to a location and it's, it's at this location that like, does he, is it this location where he crashes the, something happens and he crashes the, oh, that's right. He steals the Johnny cab by ripping the robot out. Yeah. So it's all like all weird malfunctioning yeah. stuff. So when he jumps out, it just, I don't know sparks and starts driving at him yeah it starts like screaming he goes your fare will be 8.50 or something yeah and he goes sue me dickhead yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes 
Yes. <laughs> Which is an incredible line. There's so many great lines yeah, like that as well. There really are. Um, but, but then that's... it starts like going, yeah. and then <laughs> it malfunctions and then drives into a, a pillar and then explodes. <laughs> yeah. And But that's that's the scene where he jumps out of the way and just goes, ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, man. Real oh, good. mercy. Um, and uh, yeah, so he, he opens up the briefcase. There's like a shit ton of money. There's fake IDs. There's a bunch of weird devices and sort of gadgets and stuff. I would also like to point out when he put the briefcase down, there were rats on like a piece of concrete that he put it down and he just swiped them off the table. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just, that was just something that was really funny to me. He said, get out of here. Like, yeah. <laughs> just swiped a bunch of rats. I just I feel like that wasn't even like the character. That that's just Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, hundred percent. And no those, fucking time for that shit. And you can't tell the difference between those those rats and just regular sized human beings. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my way! Yeah, move, come on! They're <laughs> <laughs> after me. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, even part of this little sort of care package he has in his briefcase is a video recording of himself. Um, but the his him you know the person in the video identifies as Hauser, not Quaid. Hmm. Um, and he explains that he used to work for Cohagen, so the governor of Mars that we were mentioning before, but switched sides after learning about an alien artifact on Mars um, and then underwent some, a memory wipe to protect himself. So, you know, the plot really thickens here. Like, we're in, like, real conspiracy territory. And this is one thing that I don't remember, I didn't remember, was, like, the alien artifact thing. Like, I, I feel mm. like it wasn't as prominent when I... Like, I just, I don't know why, but like now I heard that and I was like, wow, that sounds heaps fucking cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> why aren't we talking about that more often? Yeah. My memories of the movie were always the, the fat suit that we're going to get to in a minute. <laughs> yeah. And just um, like the, the, the mutants. Yeah. Uh, and a few other bits and pieces within like Mars. But yeah, never, never yeah. the fucking, out, like the mo- <laughs> probably the most important part of the whole movie. Yeah. 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 For some reason, I think there was like a vague memory I had where it was like, that was why humans were there. They were building this thing. Yeah. And which is like, just like, oh, that's lame. But yeah. like, yeah, this is a fucking, they found an alien artifact. Yeah. It was like, oh, that's a really fucking cool thing. I, I wonder if younger me was just like, uh, bring back the three titted woman or something. Yeah. Like. yeah. I, I definitely know that like younger me watching films was just so like oblivious to a lot of shit. Yeah. Same. So yeah, it's kind of fun doing this because I get to go back and just be like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah. Cool shit's going on. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so he's um, uh, Hauser, <laughs> Quaid Hauser. Hauser instructs Quaid to remove the tracking device, which is located inside his skull, and then tells him to go to Mars. Uh, and this is like another great scene with special effects where he yanks out this fucking enormous like ping pong ball size <laughs> thing huge. through his nostril. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one thing I do want to point out about that is that when he, he yanks it out, it's like, yeah, so it's pretty big, right? Like it's about the size of a ping pong ball. Yeah. But it opens up and reveals like a little like tracker inside. But the tracker has blood on it. Oh, does it? I didn't notice. Yeah. That's funny. I noticed that and I was like, hang on. Also, why put the casing around it? It looks like you could have just put that thing. Well, that, the thing that looks like it actually would fit up your nose. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Weird. Um, but yeah, anyway, very funny. So we, uh, we're now at Mars. We encounter a, uh, a big sort of woman who's going through Mars, Mars's, Mars Customs. Mars yeah. Mars Customs, yeah. Mars Customs, yeah. Mars Customs. Um, who, under some very basic questioning, starts acting real fucking weird and yeah. starts having like an enormous fit that 
feels like it just goes for too long. Yeah, it just <laughs> fucking dragged so long. Yeah, and I'm like why did this? Why did this? Because it like you you say it's a suit. Yeah, and the Arnold it's like it's Arnold's in it. But why does it malfunction so badly? It's such a horrendous malfunction. Yeah, yeah you're right. Like surely he's just driving it, right? Well, yeah, that's that's what I would think. Like surely he's just talking and yeah. it's just manipulating his voice. Yeah. But, and also, the, it's just everything about it is so over the top. Yeah. Like it's a clearly because the way that it comes off, it's clearly such a sophisticated piece of technology. There's all right, we're we're going through the looking glass here. <laughs> the first thing that bugged me was like the E comes out and there's yeah. like a weird core and stuff. But like it's like the core comes out a significant like, yeah. There's no way that someone else's head is fitting inside. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the second thing is uh, the. Um, like, why couldn't you just put, like, a fucking latex mask on? Like, there was no real explanation for, yeah. like, why it needed to be so high-tech. It was over the top. He wasn't beating, like, a sensor or anything like that. It was just some guy being like, hey, how long are you staying? And he'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm not prepared for that. But yeah, my, my thought was maybe that he didn't have what he needed to get through Mars Customs and had to cre- had to do that to create the distraction to then get in, which is what he did. Yeah, okay. But... You would assume if he's got enough tech to put on like a fucking yeah. lady helmet, it's, that he would have enough to get through fucking Mars customs. It's that sci-fi trope. Yeah, no technology ever works. No, totally. and well, it, it, it never works when it needs to work. Mm, mm. It always just has like, and not it's never a small malfunction. It's always some enormous, elaborate malfunction. And this is like the perfect example of that. Yeah, because yeah, he just then has like a freak out. And mind you, like everyone stops and is like looking. But everyone's just sort of like, like even the customs guy is just like, just keeps asking the question. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, like are you okay? Do you not understand the question? And she's having a full meltdown. Uh, but you're right. It, it is revealed to be uh, to be Quaid. And Richter is there with his goons. And they obviously like see this woman having this enormous sort of weird fit. And they, um, they go after him. Arnie then takes off the head, which the special effects are pretty cool there. Yeah. But then he throws the head at one of the goons and he, he says something that I can't remember and then it fucking blows like it's a bomb and it blows up. Yeah, the head says something like, get ready for a surprise oh. and then it like blows up or something. Oh, that's but right, Arnie yeah. does say something before he throws it. I think he just says catch, but I can't remember. Uh, I mean, you, <clears throat> catch. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Catch. catch. Um, uh, but yeah, but it blows a hole in the, um, in, like it breaches the sort of wall. So there's like an atmosphere breach. And, and again, this is the you know the the past looking into the future. The seal only happens after someone presses a button specifically to seal it. Yeah, like I just like that. There's there's no sort of concept of like automation. Yeah, no. Uh, even like twenty thirty years ago, that's always funny to me. That yeah. sort of stuff. Just, but uh, anyway, so Quaid escapes. Richter goes to see Cohagen, Cohagen, I don't know whatever. Quaid checks into the Hilton on Mars. Yeah, <laughs> uh, where he's greeted as Mister Brubaker. Yes. Yeah. Um, and given a safety deposit box with a note uh, telling him to go to ask for Melina in a place called Venusville, uh, which we later find out is a like part, like a small sort of commune, I guess, or a town or a city. Yeah, I guess you call it like a district. District. A district. Yeah, I like that. That's what I'd call it anyway. Yeah. So Venusville, yeah, is a, is like a yeah district inhabited by mutants, a lot of whom seem to be clairvoyant. And can yeah. tell the future and stuff, but basically it's it's like a it's sort of like a poor district, and there's there wasn't enough shielding and stuff, so all these people mutated and stuff because of the radiation. I believe that's the sort of explanation that's given as to why uh, this is uh, explained to us by Quaid's cab driver Benny, uh, who repeatedly tells people 
Hey man, I got five kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got five kids to feed. Yeah. yeah, over and over. All right, so we uh, we get to the venue. He finds Melina. Uh, oh, sorry, he's looking for Melina. He's greeted by a surly bartender, and I wanted to point this out: the surly bartender who looks an awful lot like Steve Bannon, uh, but also the woman with three breasts. Yes, we finally yeah. meet her. And she stands there and has three breasts. And we all go, wow. <laughs> and that seems to be the thing that almost everyone remembers from this film yeah. and nothing else for some reason. I have vivid memories, probably because I was a teenager when I first saw it. Yeah, this must Whoa. have been pre-internet. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> when you couldn't just see boobs whenever you wanted. <laughs> we eventually meet Melina, played by uh, Rachel Tickerton. Tycoon? I don't know. Look it up. Um, <laughs> she greets uh, Quaid as Hauser and then touches his penis. I just I kept noticing the the, yeah. the dick shots and stuff in this movie. Uh, I I would also just like to to make reference and and shout out to one of the other characters called Tony, who's played by Dean Norris, who you may know as Agent Schrader from Breaking Breaking Bad. Oh no shit! Yeah. Wait, which ones? They're minerals. Wait. <laughs> 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 Uh, he's the one who's got like his brain is sort of exposed. He's got like half oh, a face. Oh fuck! Yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Got to get up pretty early to get past old Trinkaroo. <laughs> um, oh man, that's made my day. Yeah, there mm. you go. Uh, it's always fun seeing like people like before they were, you know, before they were sort of known or like you know, in the public eye. Totally. Uh, What's that character's name? Tony. 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 <laughs> Hunky. Tony. Okay. He, he shows up in my sequel, but I called him Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because when the uh, the other character, George, first interacts with Tony, um, which is not long after like where we are, actually, because him and uh, Hauser and Melina... So they were obviously a couple, but there's tension because she thinks that Hauser is working for Cohagen, but all the mutants are like part of the rebellion, effectively. Yeah. Um, because Cohagen is like, you know, the rich sort of conglomerate side person, like very, you know, and asserting a lot of power over these people and sort of oppressing them. They go up to have a conversation in a room and that's when Tony comes over to like, to, and he has like a sort of go and everything yeah. like that. You got nerves showing your face around here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he's like, look who's talking. <laughs> and um, that's when George like grabs him. But I saw the cast, like I looked up the cast and who like the characters were and stuff like that. And it said Tony. And then George sort of comes up to him and he says Tony, but he says it weird. So it sounded like he said Johnny. And I was like, who the fuck is Johnny? And I was like looking for a character called Johnny. Then I just put the subtitles on. And he does say Tony. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, his name can be Ernie. He can have more than one name. Why not? Uh, I'm just looking at the IMBD page. Oh, no, you're right. I was... See, what I was doing, because I didn't know, like I couldn't tell from... Um... Oh, there isn't Ernie. And I clicked on Ernie because, and that, like, the, when you click on the character name in IMBD, it shows you pictures. Yeah. And I looked at, like yeah, that's that's not okay. doing me any fucking favors. Yeah. And then um, neither so, is any of this. Hang on, <laughs> not that one. This podcast is brought to you by two <laughs> men try to use the internet. <laughs> Uh, is this one? I was like, oh, okay, well, it's got to be him if he's center. <laughs> oh, right, okay. There's like a shot with like him in the center of it, like on the floor of the club. I'm going to level like, with you, man. I have no idea who the fuck Ernie is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither do I. He's not any of these characters. <laughs> hey, Bert. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, anyway, yeah. So uh, that, that's Tony. Tony, sorry. Tony. Yeah. So we uh, moving along, we get to Quaid encountering uh, Recall's Dr. Edgemar. Edgemar? Yeah, Edgemar. Uh, played by Roy Brocksmith, uh, who claiming neither of them are actually where they think they are. They're actually back in recall and that Quaid is experiencing a schizoid embolism, 
and he's trapped in a fantasy from the implanted memories. And mind you, like I don't think we've met this character before, so he's just sort of out of the blue. He just arrives on the scene. Yeah, I, is he the recall guy on the ad? Uh, uh maybe I'm not sure. I, I can't think remember. that's what I thought, but I could be wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, he, he claims that he's like a he's a built-in failsafe for in mm. case something ever does go wrong in fantasies, and he can just show up and be like, "Something's going wrong. I'm here yeah. to like get you out." So um, he then brings Laurie into the room to try and convince Quaid that this is actually all a dream and like everything that he thinks has happened is actually not like didn't actually happen. It's all part of the fantasy. Um, he then offers him a pill um, that he tells Quaid will like signal him to sort of wake up and yeah you know, back into the real world where they are in Recall. But when he sees Edgemere sweating, and I'm talking like Rudy Giuliani sweating, <laughs> yeah. uh, Quaid realizes that uh, everything is actually is real, and so he kills him. Richter's men then burst in the room and capture Quaid, but Melina arrives and attacks attacks everyone. Uh, Quaid then kills Laurie. Uh, uh, what is that? Consider this a divorce. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, my, my auntie's getting worse over the time. Um, and he escapes with Melina. Uh, so they then flee to Venusville uh, with Benny, the taxi driver. Man, I got five kids to feed. Uh, played by Mel Johnson Jr. Sorry, Mel, for that impersonation. And uh, ushered into a secret tunnel by Tony. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, because they're unable to locate Quaid, Cohagen shuts down the area's uh, Venusville's ventilation. So basically slowly asphyxiating everyone. And then uh, at this point, Quaid, Melina and Benny are taken to a rebel base uh, where Quaid is introduced to their leader, the mutant Quato. Quato. <laughs> I like to get Blato. <laughs> uh, who is conjoined to his brother George, played by Marshall Bell. Quato can read minds um, and he basically is like, He's kind of like, to me, it's it's like someone took the concept of Krang from the Teenage Mutant yeah, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I was going to bring up Krang. And was like, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like Krang, but attached. Yeah. It's like they took the Chucky doll yeah. and merged it with Krang. Yeah. And then gave him a voice that was way too smooth. <laughs> yeah. Like ASMR, like, yeah. hey... I am Quato. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, oh, that's, I don't think you should speak like that, The man. voice was heaps off-putting because you see him first and then you expect him to be like, yo, yeah. <laughs> I'm Quato. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. Uh, but he doesn't. He's like, hello, Quaid. <laughs> Way too chill. It's Yeah, it's too... Oh, I don't know. It's just yeah. like something it, off about unsettling. that. Unsettling. Which, mind you, maybe it's perfect because of that. And he looks way too moist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looks like... Fucking yeah. real moist. Well, because like you know what the thing is like when he when he's introduced because George just walks and like has his back to the Quaid, yeah, and just like lifts his shirt up and he's just like ah, yeah. How <laughs> so? So it's like, I'm not sure if it's like he's inside and then like pops out or yeah, if he, like. But uh, when he like he seems to have to go into some sort of state like he's transferring his his energy to because he he stands mm. and goes like ah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> It's real awkward, yeah. and then and like and then he like stumbles over and Quato's there, and then but he's like out of it. Yeah, he's like uh, like he's not really there. Yeah, it's it's all yeah, but yeah, no, like so I just can't think, can't stop thinking about the moistness. Yeah, no, he's he's he's, he's, he's slick, man. <laughs> yeah, he's I slick. guess if you're like on someone's stomach all the time, yeah. you're building up a sweat. You know, it'd be like wearing like a breathable material. Probably yeah. not, a lot, not a lot of linen shirts there on Mars. No, I was going to say you should you should switch to linen. Mm. Nice and breathable. Poor Quato. I guess if he's um he's sucked up inside the dude, it would be pretty sweaty in there. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We'll never know. <laughs> but anyway, Quaid, Molina, and Benny 
Um, what are we doing here? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. So we, we've, we've met George and we've met Quato who, uh, Quato then, um, uh, basically, uh, reads Quaid's mind to try to get to like some, you know, repressed memories, um, to find out like a bit about his past and, um, open your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just creepy. Uh. Um, but basically he, um, he's able to recall, and I gotta say this sequence was kind of, kind of cool how they did that, like making his memory, like a physical space and just traveling around it and stuff like that but little do we know at the time or maybe we do and i just i'm just quite dumb but this memory is actually taking place in the alien artifact mm. uh, which we'd later then see it towards the end of the movie um but it's, it's a discussion between cohagen and richter about a martian artifact hidden on mars and its purpose uh which now that i think about it hauser is not there so how is he getting this from his memory yeah, that's a good point. I have no fucking idea. That's an interesting one. Yeah. All right. Get well, maybe the- he was there and you don't see him. Get oh, Philip K. Dick on the phone. Sorry? Get Philip K. Dick on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Excuse me, Mr. Mr. Dick. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm sure he's never heard that one Sue before. me, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at this point during his, his uh, tarot reading from Quato, Cohagen's, um, Cohagen's forces burst in and kill most of the rebels. Quaid, George slash Quatu, uh, Molina and Benny escape to an airlock. But shockingly, Benny, I got five kids to feed, <laughs> um, kills George and subsequently Quatu and reveals his uh, alliance with Cohagen. Mm. Um, before dying, Quatu implores Quaid to activate the alien reactor. Start the reactor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, a captured Quaid and Molina are then taken to Cohagen who plays another video. <laughs> I'm so glad everyone's documenting things via video. <laughs> Can I film. also just point out that um, Benny, yeah. when he reveals that he's the bad guy, he goes, I told you, man, I got four kids to feed. And he yeah. goes, what happened to the last one? And he goes, oh shit, you got me. I'm not even married. <laughs> it's like, something like that. It's like, what? what? That's, yeah, that was like a weird... Because he, like, he also mentioned the five kids thing like not even that long ago. So yeah. it's not even like it's you know, been a while between drinks. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I'm starting to think that that reveal, the way that he reveals himself as the bad guy, maybe that's where the inspiration for Jones from Replicas came from. <laughs> My name isn't even Jones. <laughs> I don't even have... I'm not even married. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh. jeez. Uh, um, so we we go to the video store at Cohagen's uh, <laughs> office, uh, <laughs> in which Hauser, the same video that we saw initially from the um, the the briefcase, is a continu- continuation of that, and it's Hauser explaining that Quaid's persona was actually just a ploy to fool the mutants. Uh, sorry, a ploy to fool the mutants' psychic abilities, infiltrate the mutants, and expose Quato, thereby wiping out the rebellion. Mm. So Cohagen forcibly then takes Quaid to be reimplanted with Hauser's memories, and Melina is to be reprogrammed as his obedient babe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is just very nineties. Yeah, very nineties. Um, anyway, during the procedure, uh, of course, like the bad guys take them there, and then they're like, "All right, we're going to leave. We assume everything's going to be fine." He invites them to a party, asks the doctor to let him know about the party. Please don't forget about the party. <laughs> they then leave to assumedly go get ready for the party. <laughs> um, but everyone else is left there for the procedure, uh, during which uh, Quaid breaks free by literally ripping a fucking metal binding off the chair. Yeah. Um, and with a few vigorous... <laughs> um, he's able to escape into the mines where the reactor is uh, said to be located. Mm. 
Uh, meanwhile, the inhabitants of Venusville are quickly running out of time and air. Wade and Melina re- reach the spot where the reactor is supposed to be, but it's sort of a dead end. And then all of a sudden, uh, Benny attacks them in an excavation machine. <laughs> I'm going to drill you, sucker! <laughs> yeah, he did say that, didn't he? Uh, and then Classic. after Quaid uh, defeats Benny in this enormous armoured vehicle with a single drill by cutting one pipe, <laughs> yeah. he then drills through the door uh, and kills him with that and, and says, Screw you! <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Benny! So good. The excavation machine um, inadvertently during the attack breaks down the wall of the dead end that leads them to the actual reactor and they start going through it. It's pretty epic. It's pretty huge mm. and like that and they start to figure out what's going on and what, what the purpose of it is. Richter and his men, uh, however, are lying in ambush for them and, and um, attack what turns out to be a hologram of Quaid because he has a cool little hologram watch that he gets yeah. out of the briefcase. Um, Quaid then Quaid and Molina then kill all the goons. Quaid then has the final showdown with Richter on an S, uh, elevator that gets to a, quite a height and then Richter has his arms ripped off and then yeah. assumedly plum- plummets to his death to which Quaid just says, see you at the party, Richter. <laughs> um, and then just tosses the arms overboard <laughs> as you do. Uh, Quaid then reaches the reactor control room where Cohagen is waiting with a bomb uh, claiming that starting the reactor will actually destroy them all, um, which is why the aliens who built it never activated it. Mm. Uh, anyway, so a Molina arrives uh, and shoots Cohagen, but he starts the bomb timer. Quaid then just picks up the bomb, which is just like placed next to the, the controller, like a fucking stereo <laughs> or something like that, and just tosses it down the most enormous fucking tunnel. Yeah, and it just blows up, um, which like again breaches the the walls, so like everything starts to decompress, and so everyone's getting sucked out. Quaid pushes Cohagen aside. He goes gets blown out into the Martian surface where he suffers a fucking horrific looking death. Yeah, his eyes like proper come out of his head. Yeah, he looks like one of those, you know, those stress balls where you yeah. squeeze it and like, yeah, everything else like pops out. Um, so that happens with him. Um, eventually, uh, Quaid uh, manages to activate the reactor before him and Melina are then also sucked out into the Martian uh, terrain. And so what we then finally get to see what this uh, artifact does, it's a huge t- turbidium or, ter- I don't know, there's some sort of like element that this thing is made of and it plunges itself into like this huge frozen mass yeah and by doing so it it immediately um oh i've got it written down here turbinium (laughs) should have just read my goddamn notes (laughs) um yeah it it basically um releases the gas so it turns it from a solid directly to a gas which then bursts out to the surface and forms a breathable planetary atmosphere and uh just when quaid and melina look like they're about to suffer the same fate as cohagen all of a sudden, the atmosphere is just like, hey, I'm yeah. here, I'm ready to go. <laughs> and everyone can breathe again. Uh, I do like the scenes of like the atmosphere, which is just like a moving cloud, just like smashing windows and stuff like yeah. that. Like, <laughs> it came from out of space. <laughs> um, and everyone who's just like eating lunch and stuff is just like, ah, like <laughs> the atmosphere is here. <laughs> like, my lunch. My lunch, yeah. Anyway, so now with a new breathable like atmosphere, Venusville and the rest of Mars' population are saved. Uh, well, I guess mostly Venusville. Everyone else was just fucking having lunch. Yeah. Um, but Venusville is fine because there's an atmosphere now which just like all of a sudden just is there and in effect. As everyone beholds the, the, the newly blue sky, uh, Quaid momentarily pauses to wonder whether he is dreaming or not before turning to kiss Melina. Yeah. And we fade out. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. There's one bit uh, just before they turn on the reactor where... They're saying, um, I can't remember the exact words, but it's like, um, 
we can save everyone in Venusville if we turn on the reactor in time. Mm. But then they just casually walk along the yeah. along the catwalk. <laughs> yeah. There's no sense of urgency at all. Oh no, no. <laughs> hey, they're fine. Yeah, you no, they're great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're gonna be just fine. Yeah. But what a movie. Oh man, really good movie. I movie. um I really enjoyed it. I yeah, really did. I, I yeah. It's um it's definitely one of Arnie's best. Um and just fun. Mm. I think that's the thing about it. It's just like yeah. Yeah, it had the really like a, a really great mix of um, action, a little sprinkling of comedy, mm. and just like an interesting concept as well. I think it was um, yeah, well totally. e- well executed. Yeah, totally, yeah. absolutely, yeah. very cool, very cool. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first today? Uh, sure. Hit me. I can do that. Um, I wrote this this afternoon, like well tonight actually, as you got here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really left it to the last minute. It's <laughs> called. Total Recall 2, The Ring Hotel. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, a few years have passed since the events of the first film. Mm-hmm. Mars is, is thriving after being freed from the evil clutches of uh, Kyogen. Kyogen? Kyogen. Kyogen, yeah. Um, and having like a full-blown atmosphere. So, it's like, you know, people are living there and it's all pretty normal. Yeah. Quaid works as like head of security for the planet. Uh, keeping everyone safe he gets called to a meeting with the new administrator who's more or less the same as Kogan but he's just not a piece of shit yep so he's you know just an old dude Mm -hmm. Quaid's told about a mission of great importance and it's that you know of all the amazing planets in the solar system there's one that's truly given a bum rap Uranus (laughs) (laughs) in an effort to show people that Uranus isn't that bad (laughs) Earth HQ built a big hotel on the ring of Uranus by joining a bunch of rocks together and building on top of it. (laughs) It was hoped that when the grand opening was announced, people would flock to the gaseous planet to experience its wonders. But a week after staff were sent to man the establishment, communications were lost Mm -hmm. and no one has heard from them since. Because Quaid is already praised as a hero He's the perfect man to investigate. (laughs) (laughs) If it's investigated and declared safe by the man who liberated Mars and literally gave it an atmosphere, it would be a great PR spin for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, everything's corporate in this new modern world. Yeah. (laughs) Or worlds, I should say. Uh, Quaid agrees, not because of the tourism aspect or the money or anything like that, just because there are people who are potentially in danger and he, you know, gets a real hard on for helping people out. (laughs) Um, Melina wants to come because they're together, but Quaid wants to go alone. He says, it's too dangerous for you to come. So she reluctantly agrees to stay um, and Quaid ships out to the rings of Uranus. (laughs) Um, He's joined by like a a small crew of helpers. Mm. Uh, So there's... um, Three of them. So it's Thumbelina, the little woman from the club. Yeah. <laughs> Who fu- during the movie, there's one point where she's like, she like stabs that Benny guy in the dick, which is great. <laughs> another dick bit for you. Yeah. And then gets up on like, you see like the briefest shot of her standing on the bar, absolutely mowing dudes <laughs> down with this <laughs> submachine gun. It is the best thing I've ever seen. It is so good. Yeah. I actually, that was my, that was a really, I was supposed to watch this last night, but I just got too tired and I knew yeah. I was going to be able to pay attention. And it was just great because I was like, oh, I might just go lie in bed and I get this message from Matt. <laughs> no context, just that picture of her <laughs> railing like that yeah. machine gun fucking great as a still image it's fucking amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so now anyway, she's there 
<laughs> I've got Ernie here, but I really mean Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, and a young man named Stuart. Uh, they arrive at the Ring Hotel and the place is deserted. There's not a person in sight. They split up to begin searching the place. Mm. Uh, the first person we follow is Stuart, uh, who starts on the second floor of the hotel. He's walking down the corridor, room to room. It's deserted. The further down the hallway he gets, he starts to smell something weird. You kind of see him twitching his nose, but you don't really know what it is. Uh, He hears a sound coming from one of the rooms down the end of the hallway. Mm. He slowly opens the door to reveal a man in janitor's clothes with a full face of clown makeup, juggling three bowling pins. And he hasn't noticed Stuart yet. He's just fucking juggling away. Mm. Stuart gently asks the man what he's doing and the man immediately fucking freaks out and he looks at Stuart and screams, Farts! And then (laughs) then throws... One of the bowling pins so hard at like the window it breaks. So the clown man and Benny get sucked in. Benny, I wrote Benny. Benny's not in this movie. <laughs> I meant I meant I meant Stuart. Right. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck I got Benny, Benny from. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, he's got five kids to feed. Yeah, they get sucked into space and die. Oh dear. Um, and because the window is broken, it triggers um, like a bunch of heavy doors. Just slam shut, <laughs> isolate. <laughs> so automation is well, well and truly alive in this hotel. Yep. <laughs> um, so that's that floor is sealed off to like isolate the break in the glass. Uh, Quaid and Thumbelina hear like the noises on the different floors that they're on, and Quaid tries to like radio Stuart, but he gets no reply. Mm. So they continue searching their respective floors. Uh, Thumbelina gets to the end of the third floor hallway and also starts to smell something weird. She starts to feel like dizzy and weak. She mm. stumbles around for a little bit and then it's just knocked out cold, but we don't see who did it. Yeah. Uh, we go back to Quaid. He's on the top floor and the further he gets, he too is overcome by a smell. He makes it to the hotel administrator's office, which is just like at the end of that hallway or whatever. The administrator is standing on his desk doing the Macarena to no music. <laughs> Haunting. <laughs> what are you doing? Quaid asks. The administrator stops and looks at Quaid. He says he's taking care of business. It's all right. And then he starts singing that song, taking care of business. <laughs> right. Uh, and then Quaid starts slapping him around. He goes, snap out of it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the administrator starts rambling. He's farts. Can't you smell the farts? They're everywhere. Quaid's like, stop it with your farts. He's yelling. <laughs> <laughs> And he just knocks him out out of frustration. Um, He's sick of that shit. Yeah. And the phone on the administrator's desk immediately starts ringing. Uh, and then he, he answers. And then... Um, wait. <laughs> I wrote, Quaid answers. Me, Quaid. Welcome to Fart Hotel. <laughs> I don't... I don't know what that means. I don't know. I, I have no idea what that's. Did you start smelling the farts? When you <laughs> yeah, wrote this I think story? I've smelled the maddening farts. Um, I think I think I meant to say like the dude on the other end of the phone says, "Hello, Quaid. Welcome to Fart Hotel." Uh, and that yeah, the other person doesn't immediately identify themselves, but says that he should meet him down in the basement. Mm-hmm. So he rushes down, and there's a man in a lab coat, and he has Thumbelina tied up. Uh, it turns out it's the dude. From Recall, M- McLean, like the original like sales guy from like- the- Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. it's like him. Oh, right. He's there to run like a recall outlet on the hotel. That son of a bitch. Yeah. 
McLean. McLean. <laughs> and he seems to be the only one that's like, like not unaffected by the smell, but like sentient enough to kind of know what he's doing, but still like mad, maddened about it. Ooh. And then he starts to explain that the shoddy worksmanship on the hotel meant that the hydrogen sulfide gas from Uranus was able to seep into the hotel, <laughs> making the place smell of rotten egg farts in like particularly like a one end of the hotel. Right. It's subtle enough that it's not all that noticeable, but eventually people crack and just go crazy. <laughs> um, side note, it was actually confirmed by NASA not that long ago that the ga- like Uranus actually smells like farts. Which is the best news. You definitely brought that up during Event Horizon, surely. Yeah, I, I think I you did. did? Okay. I think I did. I think I did, yeah. Anyway, I, it's, it's like my favorite fact. Like, there's nothing more it's, in the universe that's like more perfect. It's, yeah. A planet that is called Uranus, that is made smells of gas, like farts. smells like farts. It's fucking perfect. Uh, if it's, that doesn't get the kids interested in, interested in science, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what will. It's my favorite thing, man. I love it. Um, anyway... <laughs> Back to serious matters. <laughs> so, Quaid asks McLean why he's not all that affected by the gas. And McLean says, Isn't it obvious? I love the smell of farts. And then he laughs maniacally. <laughs> Two henchmen grab Quaid from out of the shadows and tie him and Thumbelina um, to separate chairs, like the recall chairs with the machines behind oh, them. Oh, yeah, okay. Says he's going to use the recall machines to put them both into a fart psychosis. With the rest of the crew, um, Thumbelina has like tiny arms, so she's able to just break out and like pulls the submachine gun out of nowhere and just blasts all the henchmen to pieces. Right. McLean like takes off. Um, Thumbelina unties Quaid, and they chase after McLean. McLean gets to an escape pod and launches it before they can get to him. Uh, he radios over the hotel speakers. <laughs> To like the whole hotel and just says, smell you later, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just flies himself into Uranus. Like he just disappears into the planet. We assume that he's just dead or whatever. <laughs> um, so Thumbelina and Quaid return to Mars to like much fanfare. They're like heroes again. They did it. Yeah. People start going to, or sorry, they, um, they send a crew from Mars to fix the hotel with like proper worksmanship, <laughs> make sure it's safe. And they eventually fix it. And then they start getting people to go there. And it's all going well. It's like a tourist hotspot. It goes right. off. Yeah. And then as you think everything's okay, the screen pans away into space. And we see a glimpse of something in Uranus for a split second. <laughs> and it's like a big gaseous version of McLean. But before anything happens, it cuts to black and the credits roll. Oh. It's like a to be continued potentially. You son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Something lurking in Uranus. Fart McLean. Fart McLean. Yeah. That was very good. Thank you. I got to say, my one criticism, and I say this very seriously, Uh I'm disappointed that at no point did Wade kill someone or beat a bad guy on the Fart Hotel and then say... Whoever smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> yeah, that is a, that was a wasted opportunity for sure. Um, other than that, yeah, flawless. You know, you know what else I just realised as well. What? <laughs> I put Ernie into the movie and then completely forgot about it. <laughs> oh, good. It's yeah, like I you, just your brain like also was like, don't tell him, but Ernie's not a real character. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. just write him out. Yeah, I'm just gonna call him Ernie. I meant Tony. <laughs> He's still in the hotel somewhere. Who knows? But I. I put, I put he's he's like, um, who's the the character in Breaking Bad that's just sort of like left? 
Um, oh, Huel? Huel? <laughs> yeah. Tony's just like yeah. sitting on a bench at a bar or something yeah. in a hotel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I put Stuart in there because I thought oh, I need someone else who's expendable who I can kill at the very beginning of the movie. Right. Uh, it just could have been Tony. I No, you know what I like about it was that it was kind of like a uh, The Shining in Space. Yeah. 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 The Shining in Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted something to do with Uranus because I just thought it, it's, it, you know, it's a great planet and... Um, it really does get a bum rap. <laughs> God damn it. Very cheeky. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Well mm. done. Thank you. Okay. I'm excited to hear yours. It's going to be tough to follow that, follow that up, to be honest. Uh, I've got some um, um, some required reading before oh. I go into mine. Okay. Uh, because I'll be honest, I started writing something and then had no fucking idea where I was going with it. <laughs> I was like, oh no, it's happening again. It's like super bad. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and so I did what, uh, so I started just, first of all, just looking at a few reviews mm-hmm. and I saw this, uh, one thing, which is like, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's pretty obvious, but it's something to keep in mind when you hear my, um, my sequel. Uh-huh. So there's a Roger Ebert review where he just sort of says, you know, um, sums it up about the story being like, what would happen if you could be supplied with memories? If your entire past right up until this moment could be plugged into your brain, replacing the experiences you had really lived through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically like what the first one's about, right? It's exploring yeah. that sort of concept. And then um, like all people who do diligent research, I went immediately to Wikipedia and um, just had a quick look through. And I don't even, I mean, I, I can, I'm just sort of taking this on faith that this is real. I don't care if it's not. I just <laughs> sort of took creative like liberties with it. Uh-huh. Um, but apparently David Cronenberg was originally approached to direct this. Really? Which sort of makes sense given the sort of like body horror aspect yeah. of, of it all. Um, and I just want to read this little uh, excerpt about like what happened with him particularly. And there's one very important line that you need to just <laughs> like, this sums up my idea. Okay. So David Cronenberg was given the script, um, which he said had a great start, but it sort of felt like they didn't really know where, where they were like going with the story and what to sure. do with it. Yeah. So he described his work, Cronenberg described his work on the project as constantly fighting and eventually falling out with one of the writers called Shusit. Mm. Um, he said that he worked on it for a year. He did 12 drafts. Eventually we got to a point where Shusit, one of the writers said, you know what you've done? you've done the Philip K. Dick version. And Cronenberg was like, uh, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? <laughs> and Shusett replied saying, no, no, we want to do Raiders of the Lost Ark go to Mars. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that right there <laughs> to me was like, okay, yeah, I think I can work with that. I, uh, great. So I did. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I didn't work that hard in the title as you're about to find out, but my, uh, my sequel is called Total Recall 2, the Temple of Doom in space. <laughs> yeah. Fucking subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Quaid and Melina have settled into uh, <laughs> life on Mars. I've written live on Mars. Well done. Um, <laughs> given the planet now is a breathable atmosphere, the population are not confined to the pressurized structure they once were. Quaid and Melina work with their friends from Venusville to build a better Mars for everyone. Um, but Quaid is, you know, he's a curious man. He can't stop thinking about the alien civilization that predated them and built that enormous artifact that gave them a, a breathable atmosphere, which mm-hmm. was just something that I was just like, this was so under sort of sold this aspect yeah, of it. Totally. Um, there's like a whole story there. So anyway, in his spare time, he likes to explore the cavernous underground that houses the reactor in the hope that he'll, he can learn more about the aliens and their civilization. Um, and then one day while looking around uh, with Molina, he comes across a strange monolith hidden inside a, a cave 
uh, with strange symbols etched into it. Hmm. Cue the, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey music. (laughs) Quaid and Melina take a photo of the monolith, uh, return to their friends in Venusville and begin inquiring about the monolith and in particular, like the symbols etched on it. Um, After a few days of inquiries and getting nowhere, they're eventually approached by a mysterious figure. He is dressed in pelts and a horned helmet. He has a painted face and exposed tattoos and frequently interjects conversations with affirmations that he only eats organic food. <laughs> he calls himself the QAnon Shaman hey. and, and claims to know the meaning behind the symbols. <laughs> <laughs> Quaid and Melina are skeptical but are also curious for answers so they indulge him. The Shaman claims that the symbols translate to coordinates. He uh, translates the coordinates for, for Quaid and Melina. And as they're inspecting co- the coordinates, they ask who he really is and how he knows. But when they look up, he's gone. Ooh. Um, like an apparition. That's right, yes. Yeah. Um, the next day, Quaid and Melina set out to the coordinates. Um, it takes them to like a remote area on Mars, but they, they can't find anything there. Um, frustrated, but like still curious, they, they begin to return, only to be met by the QAnon shaman again out of nowhere. Um, they vent their frustrations and explain that they went to the location he gave them, but there was nothing there. And the QAnon shaman laughs a hearty belly laugh and says, You mustn't be so weak, for only the strong shall weather the, the storm. The coordinates are correct. It is your assumptions that are wrong. All you know is that there is nothing to be found at those coordinates on this planet. Oh, yeah. all right. You see you see how you scum. <laughs> uh, whoosh, he disappears. Quaid and Melina uh, know what they have to do next. They need to check the coordinates. Back on Earth. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Son of a bitch. There's planet and <laughs> planets plural. You piece of shit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, so cut to Earth where Quaid and Melina are now trekking to the location determined by the coordinates, mm-hmm. which leads them to a red sandstone slot canyon in northern San Juan County, Utah. That's very specific. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I did some research on this one. Okay. This, this is all like actual events. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I know I'm where you're sure going you're with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hence the specificity, because yes. I would never have known about this place otherwise. Uh, there they find another monolith, would you monolith. believe it? Yep. Yeah, gotcha. Three meters tall, made of metal sheets riveted into a triangular prism. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, suddenly the QAnon shaman appears. You made it. Perhaps you are worthy of our great cause. Uh, Quaid presses him. What great, uh, what great cause? What is this? Yeah. Yeah, come on, tell come us. On, tell, tell me now. <laughs> uh, the, Q, the QAnon shaman once again laughs heartily as flamboyantly dressed followers appear from hiding and take Quaid and Melina into custody. They are led underground to an enormous shrine surrounded by flowing lava. A mass of worshippers are bowing and praying to the shrine of an enormous letter Q. <laughs> oh god <laughs> Quaid and Melina are separately tied to big wooden sort of like structures um, like tables I guess QAnon shaman prepares to perform a ritual by donning an even bigger horned headdress more pelts and an enormously long red necktie <laughs> he addresses the masses brethren we are the chosen we are here by the grace of the letter Q which has instructed us through the holy gospel of 4chan to <laughs> To rid the universe of satanic cannibalistic pedophiles. <laughs> Quaid and Melina retort aggressively. What are you talking about? Uh, we're none of those things. <laughs> All at once, everyone in monotone responds to them just saying, Just research it. Just research it. Just research it. Oh man, perfect. <laughs> Frustrated by the inane claims being spouted by the congregation. Quaid tries to reason with them, but it has no effect. 
<laughs> Melina then tries to clarify what is happening by stating, There is no conspiracy. You're all just lonely and seeking community. But again, the truth is lost on them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking skewered. Who should I lampoon next? <laughs> um, at this point, QAnon Shaman signals for the ritual to begin. The floor beneath the tables holding Quaid and Melina open up to expose the flowing lava. At the same time, the roof above them opens, exposing the sky. He says, The storm is coming. <laughs> when it does, it will cleanse you. QAnon uh, Shaman uh, says, referring to the, falling, uh, to the falling rain turning to boiling hot steam in the lava and then steaming Quaid and Melina to death. Oh, wow. Pretty grim, right? That's, yeah. Uh, however, despite their firm belief, the storm never comes. <laughs> um, as we get to the most awkward point of waiting for the storm to arrive... <laughs> Gunfire breaks out. It's the crew from Venusville. Um, they arrive to save uh, Quaid and Melina. A battle ensues, and Tony releases Quaid and Melina from their shackles. Tony informs them they have to get out of there ASAP. After Pizzagate, the Q began sacrificing pizza-making ingredients to the active volcano beneath them, and it's going to explode at any second. <laughs> Tony, Quaid, Melina, and the Venusville crew manage to get away just in time when an enormous cheesy explosion occurs. The Q are consumed by boiling hot pizza. Tomato sauce and cheese are everywhere. Quaid and Melina look out over the now congealed Utah Canyon. Quaid turns to Melina and says, I wonder if any of them ever thought the storm was just a dream. <laughs> they kiss and we fade out. <laughs> oh man, bravo. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Oh, we love to make fun of QAnon. We do. Oh man, that's great. Yeah. Nice, well done. I get to combine my two favorite things, conspiracy theories and Indiana Jones. Yeah, and pizza. <laughs> and pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, fuck yeah. That was great. Yeah. Man, that was a real fun one. That was. I think we should do more Arnie movies. I would love nothing more than to fuck do more yeah. Arnie movies. Fuck yeah, let's do it. All right, thanks for listening, friends. Yeah, thanks again. Um, join our Facebook group, as always. It's just the Motion Picture Podcast. If you search for it, you'll find it. Yeah. Um, I think I'd, I'm going to start a Twitter at some point as well. Oh, um, look at us. I just haven't got around to it. But I think, um, you know, I might tweet out to some directors and just tell them we've got some red hot sequels ready to go. <laughs> just become like a real fucking pest. You know, <laughs> it's, it just seems like something fun to do. Yeah. Not for the directors. No, no. But no. for us. Yeah, no, for us yeah, it'd be absolutely. great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, pals. Uh, goodbye. Uh, see you later. Uh, get to the chopper. Okay. <laughs>